Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Mormons. I am not Kurt. Kurt, I think, is, um, he's taking a nap or something. So my friend Melissa and I stole the keys. We're going to take this thing out for a joyride and see how she drives. (laughs) Hello and welcome. Hi. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I am doing great. Why don't you introduce yourself to us? Okay, my name is Melissa Fugaza. You probably have never heard of me. Um, I, um, I'm just a regular run-of-the-mill person. I am on another podcast called Conference Talk. It's awesome. I am on the podcast with, I think, six or seven other hosts, and we cover general conference talks and just talk about what we love about them and our feelings about them and kind of put personal experiences with what we've learned and that's pretty much it. In the meantime, I'm a mom of two. I am doing school. I'm crazy. It's just, you know, I'm just doing life. Yeah, that's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, um, I think General Conference Podcast is still one of the hidden gems in the LDS podcasting world. It's delightful. Everyone should be listening. Oh, I have you. been on it a time or two and absolutely enjoyed it. So that's fun. Thank you. It is fun. Yeah. And what do you, what are you guys doing for Christmas in your family? So this year is a little bit interesting. My dad passed away in October. Mm-hmm. So we're doing our first Christmas without dad. So that's uh, always, yeah, yeah, that's heavy, but, um, we're doing the best we can. Um, we, we do love just doing the, you know, the kind of do fun little festive things every day, not anything super, mm-hmm. super big or awesome, but I'll look at Christmas lights, watch Christmas movies, do that kind of stuff. I made yeah. gingerbread cookies with my kids today, oh. so that was good. Did you save any for me? I, I'll i ship them out to Thank you. Thank you. Please do that. <laughs> 1,500 miles away. You're in... Tell me where you are again. I am in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Probably no mm-hmm. snow for you. No, but we are going to get below freezing temps next week, so okay. we might have some ice, which okay. is a big deal here. We're not equipped like yeah. in the West. So when we get a little bit of ice, like they shut everything down yeah so okay mm-hmm. well please do not freeze to death we would not <laughs> like not that to. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna get into the news there's a lot going on this week which is kind of surprising for a, a, a week or two before christmas um and you're gonna kick us off talking about the marriage bill yes so i'm sure most members of the church are aware, at least in America, are aware of the Respect for Marriage Act that was passed. Um, the church had issued a statement before the bill was passed and really said, we support this bill. Um, they very nicely declared, you know, we also say doctrinally marriage is still between a man and a woman, but we are throwing our support behind this bill. So there was a lot of back and forth of members that I knew personally and just on the social media yep. platforms that were like, what? And, you know, and they were very confused about what it was. Um, I was even involved in a couple of little um, just chats with some sisters like in, in my ward or like in other settings. And they were very confused as to mm-hmm. what this was. They were like, wait a minute, the church is like going back on doctrine. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's clarify that. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it passed, which is great because as I read through it, I will be honest, I read through the outline of it, not the whole document. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's call it what it is. But um, really what it is is they're trying to maintain religious freedom. 
so that if you are a church or some sort of an organization like that and you are morally against performing certain marriages, um, you have that right. Mm -hmm. Um, There are other things to it as well. Um, It supports and protects um, benefits for any type of legally married couple, whether it's same sex or interracial, which I Mm -hmm. thought was interesting that that was in the wording, which is awesome. But um, so that Mm -hmm. means that they are entitled to insurance benefits, tax benefits, all the things that go with being a married couple. Mm -hmm. By law, they are sheltered under this act, which is, I think, really great. Um, So it pretty much is that. I mean, there are more things to it, obviously. um, But for the most part, a lot of other faiths are in full support of it. Um, I thought it was really interesting. We have the Catholic church was not, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, a lot of Christian churches, um, Hindu faiths, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. And, uh, the Jewish, a lot of the Jewish synagogues and the Jewish, um, organizations were for this bill. So I, you know, honestly, uh, honestly, as I've read through it and kind of tried to feel out what it's about, I see it being a cool thing as in it's keeping families together. Mm-hmm. It's protecting families and giving them provisions for what they need. And um, at the same time, it's supporting churches by saying, hey, if you're not cool with performing marriages for whatever, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating when they first came out with the statement of saying, you know, hey, we're going to support this, I saw the same things too. Some some friends saying, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing ever. Our church is going apostate. This is so terrible. And then other people saying, I, I tried to go to the, I tried to log onto the temple website so I could schedule my same sex sealing, and and oh, it's gosh. not available yet. So I'm so mad. <laughs> and yeah. so just a wide variety of responses. Um, have you have you found or have you seen um, like newer responses to this? Like I saw a bunch up front and haven't seen as many in the recent days. Even the church put out a great statement about like this is past and blah blah blah. Do you, is this still a hot topic? So I'm going to reveal a very deep dark secret okay. of myself. Do it. I am a Hallmark Christmas movie <gasps> junkie. Oh, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Um, But I'm also, there's, this is a whole other podcast topic, but there's (laughs) another channel called the Great American um, Family Channel. And so I don't know if, if y'all aren't Hallmark people, you're going to be like, I have no idea what this lady's talking about. But Hallmark is kind of becoming more, you know, open and I Mm -hmm. guess, uh, for the lack of a better word, like liberal in how they do videos. So they're starting to show some like same gender um, leading roles, things like that, whatever. Great American family channel is more kind of more of a Christian focused. And anyway, they've been getting a lot of, I swear this is going to apply to what we're talking (laughs) about. They've been getting a lot of, uh, attention recently because one of their actors, his name is Neil Bledsoe. He left great American family, um, to go back, I guess, to go back to Hallmark. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that that was happening, but and one of the reasons is because Candace Cameron Bure, everyone would know her as mm-hmm. What's Her Bucket from um, Full House, yes. if you're my age. She kind of made this traditional marriage statement. The reason I'm bringing this up is in Neil Bledsoe's statement as to why he was leaving Great American mm-hmm. Family, he actually referenced the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mm-hmm. because he said, 
even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is in full support of wow. LGBTQIA, you know, whatever couples mm-hmm. or whatever. And that jumped out at me because I was like, yes. And that's that's so interesting about there are people in the church, they're, they're talking about it on social media platforms. And it is interesting. I get two sides of mm-hmm. it. One side is, oh, the church is, is cool with gay marriage now, yeah. which is... Which is not the case, yeah. as in church. This is this is never going to happen in the temples. It's just mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of it, the church has always been okay with supporting um, same gender couples as far as obeying, honoring, and sustaining mm-hmm. the laws of the land. Yeah. Once same sex marriage was legalized, the church has one hundred percent been like it's legal. You mm-hmm. know, so. Um, they just want to maintain their religious freedom and the fact that the, the Lord has said that marriage is only between a man and a woman. And because of that statement, that those marriages can only be performed in the Lord's house, right? Yeah. So you have these two dynamics. And so it is interesting because now I'm seeing people who have thought, oh, the church is not okay with gay people. They're kind of stepping back a little bit going, oh, they are okay with gay people. Mm -hmm. Um, which is great, but then you also have members of the church that were like, wait a minute, I'm so conflicted. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. interesting. It's fascinating. I I really, um, I mean, you know, statements that the church puts out come in a variety of qualities. Some are great and some are maybe not so great. I really actually liked this one because it's not very common that you see a kind of a compromise position we're going to give you this so that we can get that. That's hard to talk about in a way that seems fair and logical and makes sense. And I actually thought that statement did a fantastic job with it. Yeah, I thought it was really clear. It, it, I love how both times I've read the statement from the church, very beginning thing they clarified mm-hmm. about doctrine. Yeah. They're saying, hey, first, doctrinally speaking, marriage is between a man and a woman. That will not change. Yeah. But then they go on to say, yet this bill will be good because of X, Y, Z. And it's just, it's, again, it's, you got to read the fine print. Yeah. You got to kind of see a little bit. And plus also, um, I had an interesting conversation with my friend the other day and we were talking about it. And he was also like, not super convinced that this was a great Mm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, look, we also have to remember as members of the church that we have prophets and the Lord is the head of our church. And if the prophets are like, this is a good thing, we need to support this. You know, prophets can, as quoting the talk by Sister Sherry Dew recently, prophets can see around corners if they if they're saying, yeah, this is a good bill, this is yeah. something we need to get our, you know, weight behind, then that's enough for me. Yep. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think the other really good thing about it is that it just seems kind of unfair to say to an LBGTQ member of the church, like, hey, things might change, hang in here, and like we'll dangle the possibility, hey, there might be same sex. Like that feels incredibly cruel. Mm-hmm. It's it's much kinder to just say, this is our position. We understand some people are not going to like it, but this is what it is and we're not changing it. Just give people the actual information and they get to make their own choices based on that. The, yeah. the, the dangly, we're, we're advocating and hoping for change. It just seems mean. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, 
it's getting harder in today's world because I just feel like things used to be, you know, very black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's not so much just because yeah. there are different, there are lifestyles that are commonly accepted nowadays mm-hmm. that were not in the past. Um, and it is very natural for people to just be like, oh, okay, well, this is normal now. So therefore it's okay and accepted. Yeah. That's not true with things of God. Yeah. God is very black and white. Um, but in like this, this bill, one thing I like about it is one of my very first impressions actually I received when I read it was this is keep, this is really good because this is keeping families together. Mm -hmm. You have same gender couples that have kids they've adopted or whatever. This is keeping them together. This is protecting them under federal law Mm -hmm. that they can have insurance and benefits and things like that. Everyone should be entitled to that. So I don't mean to get all political about it, but I thought, how cool is that, that in a way, like, even though it's not a considered, I guess they're not considered traditional families mm-hmm. in that sense, they're still families and, yeah. and there's relationships their, there. We still want their kids to have good things and to have that yeah. codified in law so that that right. can't be taken away from them. Right. I mean, what would be the use of it if it wasn't like yeah. that? It just, it would be even more destructive. So I think it's, I think it's awesome. I, yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. I'm with you. I love it. Um, a story I wanted to talk about. This will shock no one who knows me. Um, I like to, I like to track on terrible stories. That <laughs> the very first case um, of a crossover between Boy Scout abuse and um, LDS abuse has made its way entirely through the court system. So we have the very first like sentencing of someone, he gets 12 to 20 years. The sentencing isn't actually, I think, until January. But he's found guilty. He he will do jail time over this. Um, And it's, I mean, it's an interesting one because, um, I mean, a lot of these cases are older. These are things that happened sometimes 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, And this one might give a peek at what, how some of the other ones are going to turn out. So I think uh, molesters doing jail time is always a great thing. I'm pro that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, I was not in the church when the Boy Scout situation was around, so I can't really speak to that part. Um Anyone who has listened to me on a podcast has probably listened to me talk about the Bisbee, Arizona case, um, which was written about a big article in August by the AP. That case is moving along as well, and we might actually be seeing a light at the end of the tunnel on that one. Oh, good. Oh, wouldn't that be great? That would be great. Mm-hmm. All along, the attorneys for the children have been saying, we are not interested in settling. We want to go to trial. Um about a month ago, a big portion of their case was based on um, this idea. That they wanted to get the the notes from the church's helpline that bishops call to get some um, advice on what to do in abuse cases. And the court came back and said, um, actually, that those are protected under two different kind of privileges and, and we're not going to make the church release them. So the other side now is interested in um, possibly mediation. Um, a local news story in um, in Bisbee, Arizona. You know, um, if you're ever following a story, the very way, the very very best way to get the information on it, probably faster than anyone else, is figure out who is the local 
on the ground reporter who is writing about this that lives in the town where this is happening. So early on, I identified who that was. I have a Google alert set on her name. And anytime she writes anything, now I see it. Although these are the only ones I'm super interested in. And she writes last week a story that has so many things going on. In addition to learning about they're not going to get the helpline notes, we learn the judge in that case is retiring the end of December. What? What? She, it's her, her, she's not retiring because of this case. It's just her time. This is what her plan has been. So today we're recording on December 16. Chances are very slim that they will wrap all of this up between now and the end of December. So that means a new judge being assigned to the case. Um, so it will definitely have a slowdown. Um, however, according to that article, at least, um, they say that they're looking for somebody who would be appropriate to do mediation, which I think is a great step. Um, what else did we learn from that? Um, the attorneys for the children, after they found out they weren't going to get the helpline notes, um, signaled to the court that they, at this incredibly late hour, want to add some new people onto the case to, to loop some, some brand new people who have not been previously named in this suit, want to now now sue them and name them as part of this case. And it, I am not a lawyer. I have no idea if that's actually going to go anywhere, but my non very non-lawyer sense is that's just grasping at straws at yeah a final bid to try and get something because their whole case was based on this helpline thing and now that's Mm. not going to go anywhere so if they add some new people that certainly will will slow it down again i think it would be a very nice mercy to everyone involved including and especially the children to get this thing to mediation and, and get it settled and let everybody heal and get on with their lives yeah, that's the thing. I feel bad because I mean, how old are these kids now? It's been a, it's been a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, the oldest one, I think she is sixteen. May, she might be seventeen by now. Um, and I don't know. They that the youngest child is, I think, ten years younger than her. Oh, that's um, so sad. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's it is heartbreaking. And if you are a child having to go through this, like I would love to see this come to a satisfying ending for everybody. Yeah. Including those kids. So I just think for, I mean, you're the therapist. I am not, but I'm just thinking even for going through something horrible and yeah, there's probably some closure that comes with this kind Mm -hmm. of justice or whatever. But at the end of the day, just being able to put this chapter behind them and move forward, it's got to be a lot more therapeutic than what's going on. I hope so for the, for the, the sake of those kids, especially. Yeah. Yeah crazy i know so you know we talk about all the super fun stories here (laughs) (laughs) sorry we we do we're we're a little bit we're a little bit more like emo than yeah yeah, probably i don't even know if that's a term anymore do people even know what emo is like younger are you watching the netflix show wednesday no no but i know what you're referring to because it's everywhere are you so fun (laughs) She's such a little emo. Like, I, I don't know if that's yeah. a word anymore either, but I know I'm on my second watch through of it because I thought I had so much fun with it the first time. <laughs> I've just, um, I've seen just 
really the extent of my expertise with that show is Mm -hmm. um, I've just watched a couple of TikTok videos of some really adorable little kids mimicking, like imitating her dance. Oh my God. Her dance is the best. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah. And one, one video on TikTok is this cute girl. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's probably like, I don't know, eight maybe. Uh And she's doing the dance, but the TV's in the back. So you're watching Wednesday do it, but like the girl do it at the same time. And it's adorable. (laughs) Ah, You know, I am... I'm, I'm, I might need to learn the Wednesday dance. Yeah, I think it, I, hey, I'm, I'm just, this is me prophesying, but I'm yeah. thinking maybe like church dances from now on, yeah. there may be some of that going on. I'm yeah. just saying. Now all of a sudden I want to go to a church dance. <laughs> Weird. If some kids are doing it and just join in. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awesome. Moving on. You, <laughs> you have some fun news about something actually related to the season, to nativity scenes. I do. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I live in Tennessee, like I've mentioned in my little intro, um, about five or six years ago, I've lived kind of in a lot of places, but I... Maybe I'm just, I just wasn't paying attention, but we had like our, our stake that we lived in had, um, a nativity display activity and they'd put all these cool nativities Mm -hmm. out and you could go and they'd keep, they'd open up the stake center and you'd kind of walk through and, you know, they'd have it going for a few days and people would have like their nativities on display, you know, all over. So you had people from different parts of the world that were putting their nativities out. It was really cool to see just the the different styles of them and the different depictions yeah. of the nativity. It was really cool. So here I am, I'm doing research for this episode and I come to find out that there were two notable ones, nativity presentations in the church. Mm-hmm. One was in Bellevue, Washington. I don't know if it was out in your old stomping ground. Oh, it was. I have been to that nativity display. It's extraordinary. Okay. I won't steal your thunder though. You keep talking. No, it's <laughs> so cool because, so it's the South stake. Um, so, but this year, I don't know if it was in years past, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there were 11 stakes involved. Yeah. So they made a, it was a big, they had over 600 nativities displayed. Um, and this is the stake center right next to the Seattle Temple. Am that's I correct? Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so they had over 600 nativities displayed, and they have re- reported that over 10,500 uh, people have attended. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I thought that was really, really cool. I that's att- one way to get people into the building, right? right? <laughs> I attended that um, in, it must have been... 2019. So before COVID, um, before I was actually a member of the church, I was still taking the missionary lessons and someone had told me about it. They take every single room in the building, the the Relief Society room, the Sunday school rooms, everything, and they're all themed differently with different nativities. One of them is a nativity setup with lots of costumes and whatnot. And so One of the things people in Seattle do is go to that scene, dress up their kids in the cute nativity, and now you've got your Christmas picture. How cute. That's such a cute idea. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, no, it was, I I was looking, they did post some pictures and Mm -hmm. stuff, and it was really, really cool. Um, The other thing I'd like to throw out, because I just think this is awesome, is that same stake center um, was opened up for a funeral procession for a fallen police officer. Um, and there were hundreds of people mm-hmm. in attendance. And so there was a mention of that because they thought, because it had been so beautifully decorated mm-hmm. and so beautifully ready, um, that it made that funeral oh. 
more tolerable, I guess is the yeah. word for it, which I thought was very sweet. Yeah, that was really um, cool. Yeah. And then another one uh, happened in London, England, in Hyde Park, the Hyde Park Chapel Visitor Center. Mm. I hope I'm saying that in the right order. Um, this one, same thing, nativity is displayed, but hundreds were displayed from all over the world. So some of the countries that were represented were the South Sudan, India, Ireland, Dominican Republic, go on, so on and so forth. Mm. There were diplomats from around the world that actually came and visited. And also some ambassadors like even put some of their own personal nativities out on display. Wow. Yeah. So it was a whole, it was a really, as we say in the South, a really bougie kind of event, you know, really fancy. Yeah. Super bougie. <laughs> super bougie. Um, so well, yeah. I love it. Melissa, do you know when the nativity scene as a, a, as we know them now with little figurines and whatnot, do you know when that was invented? You want to take oh, a guess? Man. I mean, I'm going to be wrong, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be like super long ago, though. Am I right about that? This year is the 799th year anniversary of the invention of it. Next year is the 800 year anniversary of the invention of the nativity scene. Okay, I'm super wrong then. It has been some time. The 800 first, years? 800 years. How, okay, many, so, how many traditions yeah. have lasted that long? I mean, other than a Christmas tree. <laughs> right? That's Saint, crazy. St. Francis of Assisi um, was, he was a, I think he was a Benedictine monk he, in the Catholic Church. He was all about, like, helping the people understand the lessons in, in really, really concrete ways. And that he came up with this idea, and at first they were, like, giant represent like almost life-size representations and obviously huh. as people wanted them in their homes they became smaller um saint francis is also the one who i don't know if you've ever heard of this but in the catholic church and and in some other liturgical type churches they have a sunday where um families are encouraged to bring their pets to church and the priest will bless the pet it's called the blessing of the animals um <laughs> It's true. I had no idea. And I had so no idea. you get you get dogs and cats and gerbils and fish and snakes and and oh, and everybody goodness. stands in a line and and the priest has a a blessing to give to the animals. Saint Francis Bless. is the one who started that. Bless those priests for doing that. I would not touch right? a snake, even if you paid me. It, I'm not a snake person. I don't like gerbils. They're creepy. We used to have hamsters yeah. and then they all like got cancer and were like had all these tumors all over their bodies. And it was very grotesque and horrible. And my parents were like, we are never doing rodents yeah. again ever. It, it It's probably, I probably don't like gerbils or hamsters because they're the same thing in my brain, but they're little and they're, they got the little teeth and they bite you. Like, no, mm -hmm. that's not a pet. Yeah, they're freaky. Yep. Sorry, gerbil and hamster lovers of the internet. You can send <laughs> hate mail to Kurt... <laughs> At leadingsaints.com. He will respond to you, I'm sure. Um, all right. Another story. We are moving on. I absolutely love this story. The largest one-time donation the church has ever made was recently a $10 million donation to help in the eradication of polio and um, maternal neonatal tetanus. Oh, my gosh. Which that's awesome. I got curious about that. How does a baby, a, ne a neonate, how does a baby get tetanus? Because 
I don't know about you, but the only thing I really know about tetanus is if you step on a rusty nail, you have to make sure your tetanus shot is cur- is current. And if it's not, you need to go get a tetanus shot. Like that's our American experience with tetanus for the most part, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, what is going on in the world that the babies are stepping on rusty nails? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm a thinker. <laughs> Yes, you are. Turns out um, tetanus is a bacteria and it lives in the soil all over the earth in different concentrations in different places. Um, And when babies are born, especially in um, Africa, there's 13 African countries that have been identified where this is a a much bigger problem. Um, You know, they cut the umbilical cord. Mom is caring for the baby. But if mom has come in contact with the soil, she can inadvertently transfer the tetanus bacteria through the healing umbilical cord of the baby. And then the baby has, like how terrible, right? That's horrible. horrible. So the church gave this $10 million donation um, and it goes specifically to these 13 African countries to to help deal with that. So vaccinations for tetanus um, and also vaccinations for polio in Afghanistan and Pakistan, in addition to those 13 other countries. Polio was eradicated in most places, but not there. And in yeah. fact, they went backwards on their work towards eradicating it during COVID. So they fell behind their vaccination schedule. So the church said, like, you need money to get caught up on this. Here's the fattest check we have ever written there you go i was super super happy to hear about that that's so cool i i remember two stories about polio from Mm. general authorities i remember president hinkley used to always talk about how horrible polio was because Mm -hmm. he he never had it but he you know grew up in the time where it was very common here in america Mm -hmm. and he talked about how horrible of a disease it was and then Elder Packer, President Boyd K. Packer, actually had polio. Did he? I didn't know that. I believe it was him. I might have okay. to go back and research. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, though, um, because as he got older, um, towards the end of his life, he was having some issues, and they said it was stemmed from his polio that he'd had as a child. And it just I just remember them saying it was a horrible disease. Mm-hmm. They remember, you know, um, the iron lung. Yep. They remember the people that have to spend time in those. And and they were just really like, it's horrible. It needs to be eradicated. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, I think that's super awesome. The church is like, let's get rid of it. Melissa, I think you are younger than I am. Um, I remember as a child knowing adults who had had polio like a man in our church who walked on, um, cr- you know, like the, the hand crutches or whatever, because he couldn't walk because he had had polio. Um, do you remember anyone in, like from your childhood? I'm, I'm enough older than you that you, you might not. Well, I'm almost 44 years old. I am older I look than a you. lot younger than I am. I thought you were 25. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm still older than you, even if you're 44. <laughs> But not by hardly any. So um, I do remember, I don't know if it was polio related though, but I do remember some people that would have leg brace. They'd have to wear mm-hmm. those horrible leg yep. braces when I was a kid. That and probably I was too, polio related. Yeah. And I remember asking my mom, like, because this is back in like the early 80s. So mm-hmm. they were like, you know, they were, they were yeah. rusty metal. Like they probably yeah. had to get a tetanus shot as well. Just putting the braces on. They looked right? really horrible. Yeah. yeah. 
And yeah, she would, she would say, oh yeah, they, they need it. They have a disease that is making it hard for them to walk and mm-hmm. move. And yeah, it was, yeah. It's amazing that in like almost 40 years mm-hmm. that it's all but eradicated in the yeah. U.S. and in a lot of other places. So My son is 21 and I mean, this was years ago, but we were having a conversation about vaccinations and like, what, he was like, what have I even, what vaccinations have I even had? So we're, we were talking about all the diseases that you can vaccinate against. And he's like, what's polio? Do they play polo? And like, no, <laughs> darling, that is not what that is. No, it's so different. Those so different. kids, those kids today, they don't even know about polio. Oh my gosh. And I actually, this has just happened to me a few days ago. I took my daughter in for a well check appointment and it mm-hmm. was time for her, you know, we were just ma- checking up on her vaccines yeah. and there had been a failure to put in that she had had her, one of her chicken pox shots. Oh yeah. But she had had it. But anyway, we, my girls were like, what's chicken pox? And I'm like, okay, right there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Like, that is amazing. It's amazing. I grew up where not only did I get chicken pox, but when people would find out that other people's kids had chicken pox, yes. they would actually put us kids together. Do you remember this? We would have a chicken pox party. Yeah. We would like <laughs> suck on each other's binkies. This yes. is all without my permission, by the way. I was a loyal kid, but my mom would like make me yep. suck on other kids' binkies. And Absolutely. I don't even know what all entailed. And we'd get chicken pox, which I get kind of the mentality of it back in the day. But let me tell you what happened to me just two years ago. Oh no. I went into a dermatologist for something and they had to start me on a medication for something. Yeah. And a day later, I get this patch of like red bumps on the inside of my leg. And I'm like, what is this? So I call shingles? my dermatologist back and she's like, take a picture of it and send <gasps> it to me. And I took a picture and she goes, you have shingles. Oh no. People, I'm so I had shingles. It was one patch and it was actually fine until. Yeah. It would actually cause neuropathy in my uh-huh. leg. So yeah. it started to send these like weird pulses of, it was bizarre. Uh, and it lasted for weeks. Wow. All because of the chicken pox virus. Dear listeners, if you are thinking, well, I'm older than both Melissa and Jennifer. If you have <laughs> not had your shingles vaccine, go get to the pharmacy and get yourself situated. Yeah. As soon as I turn 50, maybe on my birthday, I'm going to be like, I need my shingles vaccine. <laughs> We do all the fun stuff, you and I. Talk about abuse. We talk about umbilical cords. We talk about chicken pox. Kurt is never giving us the keys to this car again. He's like, this is a dark podcast. <laughs> hey, we did talk about nativities, though. That was we that was up. That was a really good story. And, you know, money to eradicate these things. My goodness. Yeah, that's a positive, too. See, we balanced it out, kind of. Kind of. That's and, good. You know, we're funny and cute, so whatever. <laughs> Any, is there anything else that we're missing? Is that the news for the week? I think, I mean, I it's so. hard to keep up, man, with social media and the church and the world. It's it's hard to keep up, but those were some some of the big ones I thought were really I have really a Google, great, great. I have a Google alert set up for um, various issues that I care about that would involve the church. And my little Google alert was going crazy last week. For a guy who isn't even part of our church, he's in a sect who he's been arrested and his 20 wives and blah, blah, blah. And I got that message 900 times. And in my head, I just kept saying, he is not, this is not the alerts I signed up for. He's not in my church. But there you go. Who would want to be married to 20 women? I have no idea. I, my husband's like, 
it one wife is more than sufficient like he, 20 it, women yeah i mean have you heard my mouth like <laughs> <laughs> i'm not exactly a great candidate for that most likely <laughs> that's funny oh my goodness well we will wrap it up then um dear listeners if you have not subscribe to this week in mormons on social media uh, we can be found on Facebook and on Twitter. Melissa, where can they find the General Conference podcast? So we are everywhere. So you can do conferencetalk.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, YouTube, we're on everything. Just go to your favorite platform and we're there. Just find us. If they enjoy you and I talking to each other, they can find a couple episodes of that too. They sure can. We just put our last one out like two days ago. So you can double up. <laughs> yes. And dear listeners, if you have any feedback or would like to give any um, story ideas to This Week in Mormons, you can email contact thisweekinmormons.com. It has been a pleasure, Melissa. Thank you for hanging out and talking news with me. Oh, it's always fun to hang with you, Jen. <laughs> All right. See you next time.